We are more than pleased to have with us David Green, who is devoted to protecting the rights of children and family. He has served as a social worker for the L.A. County Department of Children and Family Services, L.A., where I live and broadcast from. And he's done it for the past 15 years. He's a member of the executive board of the SEIU, the Service Employees International Union, Local 721, who are responsible for standing in the gap for so many employees, and they do a heck of a job. He led his colleagues in their campaign to keep L.A. children safe by putting modern technology in the hands of frontline social workers and bringing caseload into line with the national standards. David also is the founder and executive director of Noise for the Needy. They're a nonprofit organization that organizes benefit concert events for various charities. Somebody who practices what he preaches and has done a heck of a job and continues to. David Green, more than a pleasure to have him with us. David, good afternoon. Welcome and happy new year. Good afternoon. Great to be on. I want to talk about a case that not everyone might be familiar with, or maybe they've seen something online, read it in the paper, there was a blurb on the news at their uh, local newscaster, uh, maybe even on a national level. Uh, last July, 2,000 conservatives and Tea Party activists gathered in Vegas, and they had their annual Freedom Fest, and it featured GOP presidential frontrunners like Donald Trump and Marco Rubio. There was a teacher from Orange County, a fourth-grade public school teacher named Rebecca, Rebecca Friedrichs. Ms. Friedrichs promised the far right a prize uh, that neither one could offer. Uh, David, if people aren't familiar with this, this woman, tell folks about Ms. Rebecca Friedrich. So Ms. Friedrich is a teacher, as you said, from Orange County that decided to take her course. Uh, her case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and it was the whole idea that she should not have to be part of a union. She should not have to pay union dues, union fees. Um, and so the case is actually being discussed at the Supreme Court today, Monday. So that people understand she was not alone. There were nine other California right. school teachers, uh, part of this lawsuit before the Supreme Court. Um, Let's talk about what would happen if, in fact, uh, they won. Because to me, if you don't have unions that are standing in the gap between a large corporation or people that don't have children's best interest at heart, which I find most all teachers do, you know, let's talk about what this could mean. I mean, this could deliver a severe blow to public sector unions, to teachers, and to children. Let's talk about. God forbid, what would happen to our kids and to our teachers and to these unions? So I've been involved with the union as long as I've been a children's social worker, which was 15 years this last June, coming up on 16 years. And, you know, when I entered the social work profession, just like when I entered SEIU as a member, you know, SEIU is a social justice organization. So, you know, my career as a social worker completely parallels what we do at SEIU, and that's the whole idea is kind of fighting to make sure that we're giving a voice to people that are voiceless and, and, you know, holding people accountable and protecting families and children every day. So some of the things we've done in Los Angeles County, some of these campaigns we've been working on, um, you know, to keep kids safe, lower social workers' caseloads, I think no matter what happens with this decision, we're not going to go off track. We're going to keep our eye on the ball. We're going to make sure that these, you know, these wins that we've gained over the last couple of years because of the union, because we have a voice in the union, because we have a voice in public policy, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Of course, you know, there's folks that are say that, you know, it might possibly decrease membership and some of those things, but, you know, the folks 
the folks that I work with, we're saying we're not going to let the Supreme Court decide that the families and children we work with aren't worth serving, right? Or that we sh- we should give them less services, or that we should we should you know have less accountability for people um, moving forward. So we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We don't want to take our eye off the ball no matter what happens to the Supreme Court. We're not going to be phased by it. We're not going to be intimidated by it. And we've got so many important things to do to help some of the most vulnerable people in Los Angeles County, and, and we're not going to back down. We're going to keep going no matter what the Supreme Court decides. That's the way I'm approaching it. We're approaching it. You know, something that bothers me, I'm not an attorney, did a couple of semesters of law school, but this woman has cited her Christian beliefs, and she says that her Christian beliefs are contrary to uh, positions uh, such as uh, school vouchers. That that I, I didn't find school vouchers in the Bible that I read growing up. Uh, in, in addition to that, she talks about a moral dilemma. And, and the reason I bring this up is, although it's not in the Constitution, we have a clear practice in this country of separation of church and state. And obviously, if you have public schools paid for with tax dollars, that would come under the guise of a state and not church. Uh, So I'm even surprised that it made it to the Supreme Court, made it this far. And so is I. And I think, well, once again, you know, I'm a father. I have a 10-year-old son that's in a public school right, in Los Angeles. So, so I get it. And I see every day that my tax dollars are going to provide him a good education, to give him opportunities. And, and that's the whole idea. And you want to talk about a moral belief or a Christian belief. It's, you know, the way I grew up was that, you know, the my mom used to have the expression that the rising tide lifts all boats, right? So that everybody should be given the same opportunities, whether it's in education and social justice, the same economic opportunities. As a social Worker, that's what we wake up every. I wake up every day with that belief, and so the fact that these other folks would kind of try to attack that, or, or try to, you know, have the playing field not be as leveled, I, I think that's what's behind a lot of these attacks. And I agree with you. I can't believe it's gotten this far. And but you know, I think people could see through what she's trying to do. And, and like I said, you know, the, the people I'm around, the people in the social justice movement, fellow social workers, you know, we agree we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're not going to let this lady or some Supreme Court decision take our, you know, take us away from for fighting for the, roads, the rights of these vulnerable folks that, you know, that we've kind of defended and served for all these years. And I have to tell you, I live in Los Angeles County. And the school system in L.A. Unified has been improving uh, greatly year after year, Uh, not just with the um, quality of teachers, the background of teachers, the people that are coming forth that want to be teachers and maybe backgrounds they've had different from that. Uh, When you just see the uh, institutions themselves, um, the type of equipment that has been provided and um, also the uh, various tools that kids have, uh, you know, we're not we're, we're not seeing like there was, you know, at one time. Uh, we're not seeing bake sales to, to pay for pencils. And I just have to say, living here, it, you know, it, it bothers me that this woman is doing this because this this diverts away from the progress being made, further progress that could be made, all the good things that unions have done and teachers have benefited as well as students have benefited and the parents then have well as well because of the unions and that they do. The other thing that bothers me, bringing back to this moral issue, um, she said, quote, supposed human, union benefits are not worth the moral cost. I just don't, again, understand the Supreme Court mm-hmm. taking up an argument that she says is based on uh, morality. Uh, one right. could argue holding up any progress educational is immoral. I mean, immoral is pretty general and it's not, you know, morality is not defined in our Constitution. A morality cannot be mandated, not by our Supreme Court nor by any legislator. That's one of the things that sets us apart as a nation. No, and that's exactly right. And, you know, I think part of, you know, one of the things that she, the cases she's trying to make is that her view, and if you look into her 
biography and her background, it turned out that she was part of the leadership of the union, right? And she felt like her voice right. wasn't being listened to. And, you know, the union I'm part of, well, there's, there's 90,000 of us. We represent, you know, all types of different workers all throughout Southern California. And let me tell you, we're, it's a democracy. All our leaders are democratically elected, and, and it's not just one po- particular political party. It's all across the spectrum, all different viewpoints, right? <laughs> I mean, I've been in plenty of meetings where it's just, you know, it's pretty obvious that there's a bunch of different viewpoints, but everybody gets an equal say, everybody gets an equal voice. So I just have a real problem with it, even the premise that the fact that she doesn't have a voice in what's going on, because I'm part of an organization that, you know, we, it's a democracy, and, you know, if someone's unhappy with the way things are going on, they have a voice in that process. They can they can speak with their vote, or be at a meeting, or run for elected leadership. So there's plenty of avenues in, in our organization. And, and once again, everybody's coming from that same foundation that we need to provide that social justice for folks that, that don't have a voice. I think she's missing that really key piece, speaking of morality. Uh, absolutely, because some of the things she mentions, such as a moral dilemma, again, not biblical yeah. at all, find it for me, somebody, and please, you know, uh, t- right. tweet us or call us and, and give us the chapter and verse. It's not in there. Uh, but the, the things that she cites to me actually help to make uh, uh, to, to increase the value of uh, not only our educational process, but the teachers who teach our kids the great minds in the future. Um, and by the way, I always say, you know, it, it's those kids today that are going to determine whether we get Medicare, Social That's Security, right. or end up in, you know, like these mass nursing homes. Okay. Uh, union. She, she tries to demonize the union over collective bargaining practices, another area where she would have a voice, okay? Um, uh, securing pensions, workplace right. protections for public school teachers, right. and taking positions on issues like school vouchers. Well, teachers unions should take a position on something like school vouchers. Uh, And I don't understand how any of these are contrary to her Christian beliefs. And again, how a personal belief should weigh into a professional belief. We're going to come back and talk more about this. I also want to talk with David um, about the organization that has been helping her. And I think perhaps even uh, brainwashing her. They're very a very right-wing litigation shop. They're called Center for Individual Rights, the CIR. We'll talk about them, and we'll also talk about if CTA will be Labor's Citizens United. Certainly, we hope not. We'll be back. If you have a question, pick up the phone and join us. David's with us for only one more segment here on the only true democracy in talk radio. Uh, David Green is our guest, 8886 888 is the number. The website for the SEIU is SEIU.org, and on Twitter, follow them there at SEIU. You back after this with David and you. Don't go away. We're with David Green in this hour from the SEIU, the Service Employees International Union, Local 721. David, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Um, We certainly hope this won't become Labor's uh, Citizens United. Let's talk about the breakdown of the current court. Uh, Looking at the current court, which does seem to lean a bit more conservative, and conservatives certainly are not pro-union, even though they should be, because it benefits uh, everyone, regardless of their ideology. Um, What are legal experts saying could be the outcome right now if they were to go to Vegas and bet on this. You know, I think this is scary to say, but you know, for a long for a long time, folks felt like the Kennedy, the Justice Kennedy, was kind of would side with us on this. But now it's looking like uh, folks are saying that maybe even, and I'm not a legal scholar as well, but it looks like that Scalia had. Uh, Justice Scalia had made the argument previously that this was, you know, might infringe upon your um, First Amendment rights, the rights of free speech. So even though he leans in the the right direction, that he might be someone that might kind of come in and vote against this, 
for unions, just given the free speech violation that it would um, entail. So, but once again, once again, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be tough to put a bet on it in Las Vegas because <laughs> it could go either direction. So we're not quite sure. Yeah, and I certainly, we're all certainly hope for the right direction, and uh, that would not be to the right. Uh, let's talk about, speaking of right, Center for Individual Rights, a right-wing litigation shop. Um, they actually designed uh, the response uh, to this, right? Haven't they kind of held her hand throughout the legal process and, in a sense, are in bed with Ms. Friedrich? You know, that's what it seems like. It seems like there's quite a few groups um, similar to Citizens United, kind of behind the scenes, kind of pulling the strings on it, folks that have a very specific agenda to try to, you know, go against unions. But, I mean, the good news is that there's a lot of common sense out there. There's a lot of people paying attention to this that, that understand that no matter what happens with this decision, that um, unions aren't, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we've got too many, we've done too many good things. We've Absolutely. got too many good things to do. We're not going to stop fighting for what's right and for the social justice justice of these folks that are very vulnerable. So, I mean, the, the good news is that we're not we're not going to take our eye off the ball in terms of these things we need to do, despite what happens in this decision. That's that's what we're focusing on. Uh, let's go to Paul in Washington, line two. Quickly, Paul, question or comment for our guest, David Green. Hi. Uh, well, I think this decision, uh, of course, you probably mentioned the Abood case, uh, Abood versus Detroit, uh, Detroit School Board, 1977. That was a uh, nine-to-nothing decision upholding fair share for uh, even people who prefer not to join the union. But my concern is this is a shot across the bow for equal pay for equal work. And the reason that this is being set up here is that we always look at it in terms of the employee's point of view, which is, oh, well, if I don't want to join the union, I shouldn't have to pay the dues. And they could even argue, I don't even think I should have to pay fair share. Well, okay, let's look at the the employer's side of it. What good is it for an employer to hire people that are not part of the union? The next thing the employer is going to argue is, wait a minute, since the union's not negotiating for you, why should I pay you the same amount? Why should I have to pay you? As a matter of fact, I could say, Leslie, you know, I could hire you if I just didn't have to pay you the union wage, if I could pay you a little bit less, right? Like, let's say 30% less. And then they start to make a market of employee that says, oh, yeah, I'd take the job. Just to have the job, I'll work for less. And then that starts to take... Well, then what you end up getting is people not, not, not only that will work for less, but people that uh, have to work for less because they're not qualified or trained as the union em- employees are. Paul, uh, good right. point. David, do you want to comment? Well, I, I agree with your point. I think it's a great one. I mean, it's this whole idea that, that that's behind a lot of it is this kind of divide-and-conquer mentality. And just as you were speaking, I was thinking, do we really need that race to the bottom, right? I mean, exactly. Do we want people to have benefits? Do we want them to have rights? Do we, you know, it's part of, part of living in this country is the fact that we have these, we have these rights, and we, we should be protecting our fellow citizens, and, and they should have benefits. It's a great point. Uh, you know, I saw something on Facebook that Confucius said, and I'm completely paraphrasing, but it was like if you're plan- if you're planning for and Paul, thank you for your call. Okay. Uh, if 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 you're planning for one year. Uh, you know, uh, plant rice. If you're planning for ten, uh, you know, uh, you know, build this. If you're planning for a hundred, educate children. Yep. And and that's very very true. What happens then to the rights of all the other teachers? I mean, Ms. Friedrich cares about her Christian uh, moral uh, beliefs or her First Amendment. What about the rest of us? What about the parents? What about the children? What about the other teachers who are not only pro-union who want collective bargaining? 
who want a proper package uh, for teachers, want somebody to stand in the gap and want teachers to have uh, appropriate workers' rights for crying out loud. If we learned nothing from that Triangle Shirt Factory fire many years ago in our history where this all started. And, and, And then in addition to that, you know, when people say, oh, well, I don't want to pay dues to the union, I don't want to be a part of it, you opt out. There's no gun to anyone's head. So I just don't understand where where one woman's argument and rights trump everyone else's. Very briefly, less than a minute, David. So and that, that's exactly right. And it's the whole idea that w- what we've done, we have folks that kind of entered the union and maybe had never been part of one before, but, but we were, had that collective goal, that social justice, protecting families and children. You said it. Education is the best investment you can make, right, right now. And I really, truly believe I'm an optimist. I'd be a lousy social worker if I wasn't an optimist. <laughs> I'm an optimist that no matter what happens with this decision, that people are going to band together and they're going to continue to want what's best for kids, want what's best for social services, want what's most best for the vulnerable citizens in the United States. So I think she's in the very small minority, this woman, the teacher that's fighting this. I think the majority of folks you talk to them, they, they care about, they want to support kids, and, and they want to make sure everybody as an equal playing field moving forward. Absolutely, David. Awesome. That is a post. Great timing there, sir. Thank you for joining us. We'll have him on again and, and keep in touch with folks at the SEIU. Follow them on Twitter at SEIU. Go to the website, SEIU.org. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead. Grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.